Hello, and welcome to Big Sound Small Town. I'm your host, Sandy Carlton. The small towns and communities of Cleveland County, North Carolina have long been a hotbed of music in all its many forms. Several Cleveland County musicians have found commercial success and critical acclaim in the music industry. Yeah, everybody knows the Earl Scruggs, Don Gibson, Patty Loveless, and Alicia Bridges are from Cleveland County. Donald Bird, too. So this is not a podcast about them. This is a podcast about the musicians who are still here to keep music alive here. This is the stories, and you need to know them and know the people who are making the music. This is not, this is not your normal podcast. In honor of Ken Burns' documentary about country music, my guest on Big Sound Small Town this week is Buster Kendrick. Buster was a part of this sound. He has played the Grand Ole Opry, the Ryman, and he was there for a lot of the Nashville sound. Uh, that was him you heard playing, and he has a real good story. So let's listen. Uh, today on Big Sound Small Town, my guest is guitar legend Buster Kendrick. How are you, Buster? I'm doing good. That's good. Um, all right. Where'd, the, where'd this legend come from? Well, you know, when I first started playing around here, uh, everybody told me that uh, you were the hottest guitarist around, and you know the first time I played with you, I found that to be true. Oh my goodness. So, <laughs> in fact, I remember playing with you, and uh, strap on your guitar came loose, guitar dropped down, bounced right back up in your hands, yeah. you didn't miss a note, oh you my. didn't miss a note singing. Oh man. I was so impressed. <laughs> well that... I don't, I don't remember that now. Well, that's... Yeah, you're going to bring up some stuff. I know I'm... <laughs> you know I'm 80 years old. Well, and that's a good and thing. when uh, Bill Carlisle used to say, I'll be 82 year after next. <laughs> so well, I'm, I'm falling into that. Awesome. So I'm, I don't remember everything now. That's okay. Um, it's okay. You don't have to remember everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, tell me where your love of music started, when it started, when you got into music. Well... It started with my mother and daddy, uh, right here where we are, next house over. That's where okay. I was raised. All right. And daddy played the guitar, mother played the piano, 
an organ, mm-hmm. and a, she had an accordion. Right. Oh yeah. And uh, I just got to got the bug listening, really listening to her, because she she played by music and and by ear, which is rare. Either is rare. either one of the two usually, yeah. uh, but she could do both of them. Uh, and what got me going? There's an old guitar at the house, and uh, Daddy showed me some chords. And I didn't know nothing about music. She would play or sing, and she sung a lot. And she would um, point to me and tell me when to change chords. Because oh, I didn't know. Right. And I didn't know about two or three chords or four yeah. or whatever they were. And um, that's how it really got, got me started. That's pretty good. Well, I guess then you played along with her for a while there. I did, yeah. You know. Uh, what kind of music was that? She played. Every, she played all kinds. Oh, that's great. And she was working at Boss Bakery at the retail shop yeah. uptown, and Hubert Green was working there yeah. also. Of course, Hubert played fiddle. Yeah, fine fiddler. And she talked. Uh, Hubert didn't come in down the house, so he'd come down, and then I, I got me started playing back up to a fiddle, a fiddle with yeah. with Hubert, and he'd done that all. A lot, right? So that that just turned everything on. <laughs> and I guess, and I guess that was kind. Of, I guess his was a pretty much a bluegrass oh, yeah. thing, right? He played. Uh, I, I remember the first couple songs down yonder. He yeah. played down yonder, yeah. and uh, this this song like that, and that got me to where I could hear the chord changes. Yeah. So uh, that's how that started. That's pretty good. Then I was mm-hmm. wondering if you remember. What was like the first thing you learned? Yeah, that, the first thing I learned was the, the prisoner song. You remember the prisoner yeah, song? I do. If I had the wings of yeah. an angel, that's the very first song that I learned to play. That's a good song. To yeah, it was. That's a good song. <laughs> Still a good song. Oh yeah. That's, well, all right. So you've learned to play. There you are. Playing along with them now. When did you decide that it there was more more to it? You wanted to do something more with it. Well, I, I can tell you exactly when that happened too. <laughs> if you look out the window, yeah, all this right here that you're looking at is, was was not here. All right. When I was growing up, but there's a house over there. You, I don't think you can see it, but it's right over there behind, okay. um, in those trees. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Pete Sutherland lived there. And his wife was an invalid, invalid, and she loved Red Foley. Yeah, Red Foley. Red Foley had scheduled a, uh, a show at the Shelby Armory. Yeah. And um, she, like she, she was an invalid and she couldn't go. And her husband called Grady Cole. Yeah. At Charlotte WBT, they were putting on the show. They were sponsoring Red Foley. And he explained that Red Foley was her hero and she wasn't going to be able to go and invited them to come to the house right out here, which is unheard of today. Yeah, it is unheard of. But they came. Oh, he did. He did come. After the show, they all stopped by Miss George's house out here. And I remember, uh, and I don't know how old I was, but I, I'm, I was old enough that I remember it. Right. Uh, I remember Red Foley leaning up against 
the cook stove out there singing Jolie Blonde. Oh, yeah, Jolie Blonde. And uh, right that second, when I watched him and listened to him, I said, that's what I want to do. And that's all I remember about that, that night, really. But I remember that. That, was, that. that was the change for yeah, you. That's that when really you decided did. that's what you did. So, so then, so mm -hmm. how'd you go about making that happen? Now you decided you wanted to do that. Well, I, all right, from, from there on, uh, Ernest Mahaffey, a local preacher at that time down at Pleasant Hill Baptist Church, yeah. uh, he played guitar. He's from up around Canton or Asheville, somewhere up in there. And he played the mountain guitar, right. and that turned me on. He, yeah, he, oh, yeah. he taught me some runs and some stuff, and uh, I went, picked some with him a lot while right. he was here. And then, of course, he got shipped out somewhere else, and, but uh, we, we were friends from then on. Right. But that's really what got me started playing what little lead right. I was playing. But um, that's... How that start? Did you start playing around here locally? Yeah. First thing, first little job I, I got was with Mike Lattimore. Yeah, yeah, Mike Lattimore. Uh, they had a club in up at, in Shelby, the Teen Timers. Right. And he had a his band was called the Teen Timers. Okay. And I I was a member of that for a while. Uh, me and um, Mike. Uh, if I start naming names, I'll forget them. But Jack Crawley, Jack and Irene Crawley was uh, uh, in the band at that time. And, and Bill Richards, P. Vine Richards, uh, if you remember him, but he, he was a singer. Uh, and what and what I, kind of stuff was y'all doing? Just everything. Everything. Yeah, just basic country yeah. stuff. And I was with him a while, well, a good while. And as long as that... Till it played out. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stuff plays out like that. Yeah. All right. Then after that plays out, what happens? Oh, well, let's see. Well, I don't know in what sequence, but it. I'm trying to think who it was, but me and Dan played together. Dan yeah. Paget. Yeah. Uh, for Dan was in with the Teen Timers too, okay. and we played several long time. Right. Uh, matter of fact, all the way through high school and all, we both went to Gardner Webb. Yeah. And I blame Horace Scruggs for me not, <laughs> not uh, finishing at Gardner Webb. Cause me and uh, Dan and Horace, we see Horace was working at Gardner Webb at that okay. time. He was, uh, I don't know what, uh, he was a maintenance man, I guess okay. there. But we'd go down there in in the boiler room at Gardner Webb and play. Oh, and that cool. took up time and I wasn't doing good great. But anyway, yeah. that's uh, my story with, with Dan and Horace. But, that's a good well, story. but we had a good time, me and Dan. Oh, and then we, we played at Kings Mountain, on, had a radio show with the Black Mountain Boys. Oh, okay. Um, then I ended up at WADA yeah. with a local Saturday morning show. Oh yeah. With uh Earl Clay, you remember Popeye? Yeah. Oh yeah, Popeye. Popeye was a, was a singer. Uh Jimmy Sands sang. Yeah. Uh Bob Bobby McKee. Di just different ones. It was 
And we've done that a while. Till them. And I don't know if this is the reason we left there or not. But uh, we was doing the show. We got through singing the show, singing the song. And I said something about, we're glad that you folks are listening in to us here on WOHS. <laughs> well, we wasn't at WOHS, yeah, yeah. we was at WADA. Boris Hanna come out of his office just, just, just fuming because I had to give the wrong call letter. But anyway, that, that was, I remember that part of it. <laughs> that's a good one there. That's a real good one there. Yeah. But that's, that's up to that point. Yeah. Another thing, during that, that show, Ken Vassy was our uh, well, the, the engineer in there. Okay. And RC Nanny yeah. was, um, was our MC. We done, okay. we yeah. were gonna go around these schoolhouses and do these programs. And yeah, have, he did that a lot around here, didn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how I got acquainted with RC and we stayed buddies till he passed away. Yeah. But if you remember the song, country music is here to stay, maybe. Yeah. Is that the name of it? Yeah, it is. Fairland Husky. Fairland Husky, yeah. When he imitated Lum and Abner yeah. at the very beginning, mm -hmm. it starts out, I doggish Lum, what you doing? Oh, I'm a tinkering with this dad blame radio, yeah. trying to get some country music. Well, we had that down pretty good, but Earl Popeye yeah. was, was doing one of the voices, and he had the first word on it, and we was going to open the show with it. Well, we was all in there, got ready, got set, everybody with the guitars and the whatever, and the red light come on to start. Well, Earl couldn't see it. He didn't know that it had started. <laughs> so we had, I remember that part, that was, it, it took a while to punching him, and because oh, he couldn't say, hey, Earl, the red light's on. Oh, well, we didn't say that. But uh, I thought that was that's pretty funny. Funny, funny deal. Yeah. But that that actually happened. <laughs> that's pretty funny there. And so, and then <clears throat> so you're playing around here. I guess what comes after that? Well, we've done all that for a good while. Yeah. Uh, then I got with. Mitchell Queen and, and Butch Ivy, yeah, uh, Ronnie Brown, yeah. and uh, uh, Keith Jones, yeah. and we were the, um, what was, we were the, can't think of the name of it, but anyway, we played Moose yeah. Clubs and, right. and uh, Elks and uh, BFWs and all that. We, we'd go, we'd done that a long time. Yeah, uh, yeah I remember that. We'd go, Gastonia one week and, mm -hmm. and Shelby and then we'll go maybe Gaffney or Chesney and then by the next month we'd do it again, same once. Right. Playing each one of them once a month. And we've done that for a long time. Yeah. But um, during, I guess right after that time, me and Butch and Mitchell, uh, and Oh, let's see. I can't remember who Leonard was playing the bass. 
I was playing guitar, Butch and Mitchell. No, Leonard's playing drums. Okay. And um, I joined the Masons about yeah. that time. And it so happened that when I joined the Mason, Tom Brooks joined the same time, okay. same same month. And we went through the Masonic deal right. together. So, and I don't know if you know, remember Tom, but he was the one that had Crossroad Music. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Park over here. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, Tom became real close. And after he opened up the music park, he was, he met the Radford sisters and sort of in charge of, of their career. And he, of course, he was in with the Wilburn brothers right. and uh, Loretta Lynn and that. He had had them at the, at the music park. Right. So he knew all, all those folks. So he's trying to get the Radford sisters. Uh, he needed a band for them. So we, we were the Radford sisters band for, right. from, from then on. Um, and he did, uh, through Doyle Wilburn, got them a uh, contract, recording contract, and they had a semi-hit record. Right. And uh, and that that lasted several years. That, that we we he booked. We were the hold ons. Okay. That was the name of our band, because the Redford Sisters' hit record was Hold On Woman. Okay. So okay. we were the hold on, and we were booked with the. Wilburn Brothers, different places, and backed them up. And um, during that time, uh, Mel Street came, yeah. and uh, and we was his band for different different places. We went. To, I remember going to Virginia, uh, somewhere in Tennessee with them. Down South Carolina with Mel. Was you we, still living here then? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. yeah, hadn't even thought about going nowhere. Right. But. Um, they just, we went out to uh, Fanfare, and we were going around doing the things you do at Fanfare, and I was with the, with the girls, the Redford sisters, and it, little Roy Wiggins had a shop on the corner, and on the corner where Toots's is, yeah. there was another thing. So they had a appointment with little Roy Wiggins on his radio show. Oh, okay. So they, we go over there and they do this show and all, and we're walking back across Broadway. Yeah. And I remember this, it looks like it was a while ago. Uh, we got right in the middle of Broadway and, and one of the girls told us and said, I don't want to do this no more. Oh no. Yeah. And she other said, I don't either. I don't like, I just don't like doing it. And that was it. Oh, man. They had a major uh, recording contract with MCI, or MCA, yeah. MCA. And, uh, and they were just about to get on the opera because they'd done made a couple appearances. Right. But uh, they decided they didn't want to do it oh, no more. Man, so that terrible. was the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm -hmm. all right, so what happens then? Well, I don't know. What, I had sort of a lull, I guess. I was working at Porter Brothers all that time. Okay. And um, that sort of uh, burnout, I forget now 
why, but I wanted to, I had a desire to play the Grand Ole Opry. That's what I wanted to do. And it didn't look like I was going to, but I, I didn't lose the want to. Right. And uh, come up with this idea to have this little music store, which we set up a, a mobile home out here. Right. And had uh, uh, Bobby Rose was uh, another friend of mine. Right. We went in together okay. to have the music store, which was a big mistake, you know. <laughs> But that lasted a while, and then oh, I won't get into that, but it just didn't work out. Yeah. And during that time when I was playing with Bobby, Bobby was a songwriter and a singer, and we went into the uh, Ernest Dub Midnight Jamboree yeah. with, uh, with Bobby. And on that show, Grant Turner was the MC, and uh, Ernest wasn't there. He was. I think. I don't know. But he was there one one time we was playing, I know. But on this particular uh, show, Bobby was doing his songs that, that he had written, and Jim Owen yeah. was a guest on the trip. So I got acquainted with Jim. And then, about a week later, Jim called me here, here at home, and asked would I be interested in playing for him. I said, well, let me think about it. Yes, I will. <laughs> you know? So I stayed with Jim for several years. Yeah. Uh, what I just, just me and him. Uh, I was his band. Right. But uh, we'd use the house bands where right. we go. I when, guess you'd just direct them. With well, we, when we first, when we got there, first thing I did on the shows that, that he was doing, the marquee we always had Jim Owens. Right. My job was to take the S off of the Owens, because oh, his yeah. name is Owen. Owen yeah. So that, that was my first job. Then I'd meet with the, uh, with the house band and right. show them, or not show them, because they all knew it. Oh, I was supposed to have known right. his song. He'd done all Hank Williams stuff. Yeah, he did, yeah. So, um, and that lasted for a good while. And I guess that brings me up pretty Cause I was with him a long time. Yeah. Um, I don't know what was next. Well, now, sometime in there, did you have an association with Hank Garland? And oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't want to leave Hank out of this. Hank was big influence. Uh, Hank, the way I met Hank was Gene White down here in, in Gaffney. Yeah. Had a studio, taught guitar. And he was working with Hank, trying to get him back after his right, yeah. after his accident, and hospital stay, and all all that, you know, all that story. Yeah. But anyway, I I'd go down there and just sit there and listen to Hank. Sometimes he could just blow it away. And the next verse, he wouldn't know he had a guitar in his hand. Right. Um, but I got acquainted with with Mr. Garland and Ms. Mar Ms. Garland. And Billy, yeah. which is Hank's brother, and uh, little Billy, yeah. Hank, with Billy's son, and uh, I went down there for a long time, just sitting there listening to him. That's a great thing. I mean, you couldn't go to a much better place. Oh, I know. Every time I'd leave there, I'd have all this stuff in my head, and it was amazing. I mean, the man was phenomenal. 
But I got acquainted with them. And then I got to going down to their house. They lived down here in Warren Springs, South Carolina, at that time. And me and my wife, with Priscilla, we'd go down there and spend the afternoon with them, got acquainted with the family. And it, it, it's got to be a regular thing. We got to, uh, then I got going down there and just picking with him. And he was needing somebody to, to sort of follow along with him because he wanted to play. And, and he could, but sometimes he couldn't. Uh, and I got Bill Allen to go down yeah, there too. Bill. Uh, Bill got acquainted with Hank, and, and he had done the same. He'd go down. Now Bill could stay up with him with his all his yeah. chords. Bill knows. Play with Bill, yeah. Yeah, and um, we got to, we got to talking about guitars, and uh, and he he got to showing me all his guitars he had. And I told Mr. Garland, I said. And I didn't know whether he masked this or not. I said, I'd like to someday, if you if Hank's gonna sell any guitars, I'd like to buy one. Right. And um, oh, I don't know. He probably won't ever sell them. But I, but if he ever does, would you consider? It? Right. So I, this went on like a day or two, or a week or two. I went back down there and was. And Mr. Garland got up out of his out of his chair and went back in the house somewhere. He was in the living room. He was plundering around back there, and, he, and then he brought a guitar out. Looked terrible, the case. Here with Buster, and he's telling me how he got to Nashville. <laughs> well, um, I got this job with the Gray Line Tour, driving a little minibus, and I got acquainted with Joe Carroll. And come to find out, well, me and Joe became real buddies. Come to find out, he played guitar for Grandpa Jones oh, okay. on the on the Opry yeah. and, and traveled with him, and this was his second job. And I didn't know that for a long time. And we were talking one day, and I told him I wanted to, trying to get, you know, try, trying to get on at the opera. I wanted to play guitar. He said, well, Dale, I don't think it, you have to be there. Or be in, it's just hard to do it. And once you get it, you got to be good enough to stay. Uh, but he, Joe, Joe wasn't too much help. He kind of discouraged me. But he said he'd try to help. And, well, I worked on at Gray Line for a while, and Joe did too. We was all there, still buddies. And this guy named Scott Wickerly was uh, working part-time too, and he was a drummer for an orchestra there in Nashville. He come up to me and said, if, um, how would you like to drive for um, a, a stars bus, tour bus. I said, no, I don't know. I had never even thought about that. Right. Hadn't even been, never been in, in uh, sat down in on the steering wheel or 
right. had it in my hands. I, didn't, I, I had no idea. He said, well, I'm going, I'm substituting drum <clears throat> for somebody, and he's been driving for Dave and Sugar. Okay, yeah. But Dave and Sugar needed somebody to drive for the weekend is going to somewhere up in New England for three or four days. I said, I'll do it. Well, I knew all the time I couldn't do it because I, I didn't know. Uh, I never, I never well, had never done, done it. it before, yeah. So uh, Ray Kirkman was another buddy of mine, and I, I was telling him this story. This was before we'd done it. But I already told him I was going to do it. Right. I said, I need to, some experience driving the bus. He said, well, I, uh, he played for Jimmy C. Newman. Okay. Uh, and drove the bus, and he had the bus. So he had to go, I forget now what he was doing, servicing into something. He said, just come go with me. We go up 65 a ways up to do whatever you're doing, turn around back. I said, is it hard to drive? He said, no, ain't nothing to it, just like the car, it's just bigger. So he gets up, we're coming down the interstate, he gets up out of his seat. He said, sit down here and drive it. This is gear six thing. Uh, and I drove it. Wasn't no problem. He said, now, won't you turn off right up here and go down in Goodlettsville? Well, I don't know how to do that. Right. <laughs> so he's telling me how to clutch and the brake and the gear it down and all this. My first job or first time driving a tour bus was down through the town at Goodlettsville <laughs> in Jimmy C. Newman's bus. <laughs> but that got me started, and that, it really wasn't that hard, but it just knew, and, and right. I scared to death. Oh, I'm sure. But uh, that's, that's how that happened. Then I think it was Thursday we was leaving, so I went down. I got the job. Of course, Dave... Roland, he's since passed away, just like not too long ago. But um, he didn't know I couldn't drive. But I got down to his house, and he, the bus is all already cranked up and ready to go. And behind him, hooked up to the bus, was a bread truck. <laughs> and I didn't know nothing about that bread truck, but that's what he carried his... Uh, uh, his equipment in, in, in the bread truck, and he pulled it with the bus. That's funny. So here I am, my first job driving a bus was going to New England, Connecticut, and all them places up there, pulling that bread truck <laughs> with Dave and Sugar. Now, on the, I'm telling you all that to, to answer the question. On the way back, now Dave, uh, Dave Fowler was Dottie West bass player okay and he was substituting for dave uh, for the bass player for dave and sugar right so he was on that tour and we, i really didn't know who dave was but david was a real good friend of ronnie brown okay and we had something to talk about and uh, we got to talking coming down and he he, he said what what are you doing in Nashville? I said, I'm trying to get up, get me a job at the opera. He said, Well, they sometimes they they hire. And we just got to talking about. It. 
So got home, back to Nashville. He went his way, I went my way. <clears throat> the next day, phone rung, it was Kerry West. Kerry is Dottie's son, okay. which is Dottie's manager at that time. Okay. He said, I was just talking to David Fowler, and we need a bus driver to go to Dallas. Uh, Want to know if, he, if we'd be available. He, he told me how you was a good bus driver. Well, I wasn't <laughs> a good bus driver, but <laughs> evidently I, I didn't run into nothing right. on that trip. And he recommended me. Want to know if I would take them to uh, to Dallas, and I did. And then I got acquainted with all all of them. Right. And of course, David was playing with us at that time, so that worked out good. And I met Dottie, and everything worked just fine. About Thursday of the next week, Carrie called me again. He said, "Would you be interested in uh, driving Mom?" in the bus to D.C. at Lady Bird Johnson was having a birthday party and <laughs> she wanted Dottie to sing at her birthday party. So I said, yeah, I did. So I drove them that weekend. And on the way back, Dottie asked me, would you be interested in driving for me all the time, full time? I said, no, I'm not. I, I wouldn't know. I'm just not in I'm, I want to play guitar. Right. I want to play on the opera. And I really was. I was hung up on this opera right. thing. And she said, well, I, I sure do need a bus driver. Do you know anybody that you could recommend? I said, no. And I said, no. And I, I repeated. I said, I want to play with somebody on the opera. She said, well, I'll tell you, I'm playing the opera this Friday. Go with me and we'll go see if I can find somebody that needs a guitar player, and we'll just ask you around, and maybe I can help you get on. Well, I went with them. And after she got through singing on opera, we was backstage, and uh, she got walking around talking to her fellow opera members, and she come back and said, I, I've asked everybody here, nobody, Nobody needs a guitar player. And Carrie standing right here beside of me. She said, I don't know what would, just then nobody, nobody needs a, a picker. Everybody's, everybody got what they want. Right. Carrie said, why don't you hire him? Just like that. She said, can I do that? He said, well, sure. She said, okay. <laughs> now that's how I got my job with Dodd West. And I stayed with her the whole time till she passed away. Now, now did you have to drive? I that did. Night? I had to drive. You that, was the driver and guitar player. That was the, my my best job I ever had. I ever was. had. I'd drive on the on on the tour, take them wherever, um, and I played every opera show, every TV show she done, anything there I played. Right. And uh, it, it was just. Unbelievable. I'm sure it was. <laughs> I'm sure that that that'd be the highlight of about anybody's career. Oh yeah, and I stayed with her till um, she had that wreck right. and, and passed away. Now what happened after the wreck? Was well, you... after the wreck, I worked with her daughter for a while. Worked with Shelley. Shelley yeah. Had the same deal with her. Right. With Shelley. Played guitar. Yeah, and um, oh, let's see. 
Shelly wasn't all that busy at that time, but we'd done a, probably a lot with them. Right. And then uh, uh, using Dottie's bus, Johnny Russell needed the bus, yeah. and uh, he wanted to borrow Dottie's bus. He said, Jeff Buster can drive it. I'll loan it to you. So I went on tour with Big John. And and that's, let's see, who else? I worked some with, uh, this, this is after Dottie passed away, and I was just sort of freelancing, going around, doing what I could. Uh, and I ended up with a job with Louise Mandrell, oh, okay. just, just driving, right. not playing. Uh, and in the meantime with her, I, I worked some with Farron Young, just driving. Right. Uh, and the Gatlin brothers, I got that job because I worked with Dottie. Um, but I didn't last long with them. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't handle it. But uh, I did do that. Um, <clears throat> let's see, who else? I guess that's... Oh, I ended up with Don Williams. Yeah, Don Williams. Yeah, I played... Uh, I drove for him for about three years. <clears throat> I don't know if he got tired of me or I got tired of him. But it, Ended up, I, I think I just quit. Um, and I got tired. He, he was driving back and forth to Branson. Oh, yeah. Him and Charlie Pride was doing it. Charlie would be there three nights, Don four nights, and then they'd switch the next okay. week. So he and Don didn't want to stay up there. Right. He wanted to come home every week. So I, I had that driving back and forth. Back and forth. And that, just, that burned out quick. Oh, yeah, I bet it did. But um, that's about, about it. So I come home, and um, with all that driving experience, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I got a job at American Charter in, in Charlotte and drove with them. They sold it, and somebody else bought it. Worked with them. Um, when they sold out, I got a job with Phil Tony yeah. up at Far City of yeah. Bostick. Right. And I drove for him till he sold his bus. And then... By that time, I was done. Yeah. I'd burn out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are you playing music these days? Either? No, not really. Uh, I've got some grandkids that I'm interested in working with, and they're, they're wanting to play. Oh, and, that's good. Uh, Casey is, is a songwriter and a good songwriter. I've been working with her, showing her chords and all. all right. And me and her worked up a little, little day. We can go to... We can play at a church and, right. and um, that's good. That's birthday great. parties and nursing homes and all that. Yeah. And uh, her her brother Drew, I've been working with him for a long time. That they both have a desire to play. And Drew wants to play lead and all right. that. And I've showed him I've showed him everything I know and he right. grabbed it and gone with that's it. That's good. That's so excellent. He's in uh, uh, Western Carolina. I think he's a senior this year. Oh, okay. And Casey lives right behind us, so I see Casey. That's good. Every once in a while. Well, it seems like you still got some music left in you, if nothing else. Oh yeah. Pass on to you. Yeah. To your grandchildren. Yeah. Right. But as far as playing, I, I, the last couple of times I tried to I play down at the church by myself. Right. I just played a, a couple of Ted Atkins right. stuff. And I got stage fright. Really? Really. I, you got stage fright? I did. Right? And, and, it's, um, and it's real. 
Oh. I know it's real. I mean, I, I've known a lot of people that have. Yeah, but I've never had that. I have never, ever. Uh, even when I used to operate, I'd go out there with no, no problem. Never, never scared or... Well, it's always you know, harder for me to play for family and people I know yeah. and love than it is to play for people I, I don't know. That's, that's right. I mean, but I told told Priscilla that um, I'm just I don't think I'm gonna do it anymore because it ain't worth it. Well, if it makes you know if the fun's uh, gone, you know. Yeah, I can still play. I'm Sitting sure in here, can. I can pick and do do. But if somebody comes in and wants me to play and wants to sit here and listen, I just tighten up. Still getting nervous. I really tighten up, and that makes a difference. It makes a difference. You got to really be does. loose and, and carefree when you're playing. You do. But I, I just, I don't know what, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, Buster, I'll tell you what, this has been a great interview, very interesting, and I sure do appreciate you allowing me to come and do this. Well, thank you for, for coming, and I, I told you to start with, you, you'd be wasting your trip, because yeah. my, my career is nowhere close to being interesting to anybody. It's pretty interesting like, to me. Well, I, and I'm sure yep. it will be to a lot of other people. Well, I hope so. But it's it's all true. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> a good part of it. Well, thank well, you again. You, you bet. footnote on Buster. He said he forgot to mention the fact that his last group of people that he was playing with were the Chuck Wagon Gang and that how much he enjoyed doing that. Uh, so now you know.